0: A decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And we think we have tax-greedy leaders. <laughs> How do you tax the whole world? That's arrogant. At birth, Caesar's name was Octavius. He was the great nephew of Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar was so impressed with his uh, grandnephew that he adopted him and named him the heir of his political and personal fortune. When Julius Caesar was assassinated, Octavius became emperor, and he was dubbed uh, Caesar Augustus, which comes from the word august or honorable, as a complement to his own greatness. I see in the Christmas story man's arrogance. A man that would call himself great, and seek the adoration and worship of others. A man who wanted to be known as August. Who presumed to tax the whole world. But at this same time Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea. Under the city of David which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed. With Mary his espoused wife being great with child. And though man's arrogance would be seen perhaps as front and center on the stage, the backdrop is, of course, God's providence. Yes, Caesar Augustus was ruling the Roman Empire, but God was still in charge. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. God uses the designs and edicts of men to accomplish his eternal purposes. In Joseph's life, for example... God used the jealousies of his brothers, their murderous plot, a deal with a Midianite slave trader and a jilted seductress to bring Joseph to the place of God's choosing and prepare him for God's purposes. The path was not easy for Joseph. He would pass through a hopeless pit, a slave's position, a forgotten prison before rising 13 years later to Pharaoh's palace where he would fulfill God's divine providential purpose by taking that which was meant for evil and turning it for good to save much people alive. Many a man has raised himself up as somebody to be adored, to be worshipped even, but against the backdrop uh, uh, as man's arrogance is front and center often. If you look beyond that, you'll see Draped across the backdrop of all time is the providence of God. In this story, God used an arrogant emperor, Caesar Augustus, to bid young Mary, great with child and fearful Joseph, to travel the 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to fulfill, not the word of an august emperor, to fulfill God's prophetic word. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is, to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The Christmas story tells us about man's arrogance, but also God's providence. It also tells us about man's negligence. I wonder how many today have no room for the Lord in their lives. Not that they're doing wicked things necessarily, just busy. As the Bible says, we can look for it when men are eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage as in the days of Noah. Just busy with life. We're not doing anything terrible. We're not wicked people. You know, people are busy these days. Yes, we know. Man's negligence is seen in the Christmas story. But it stands front and center in that time. But from our perspective, we see a beautiful backdrop of God's attention. They were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. While the innkeeper had no room, and and while all uh, of uh, of the little town of Bethlehem was preoccupied with the business affairs of the day and the accounting and the taxation and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, uh, enumerating of the people, uh, God opened up heaven and shone some spotlights down from heaven and gathered some angels in an angelic choir and said, "Hey, look right down there! Something important is happening in Bethlehem." In the Christmas story, we see man's arrogance and God's providence and man's negligence and God's attention. We see a little further into the story man's cruelty. The Bible says the kings of the earth do set themselves against him and such did Herod who fancied himself a great man. Nebuchadnezzar tried it when he threw the Hebrew boys in the furnace of fire. Daniel's jealous detractors tried it when they conspired and flattered and succeeded to have him thrown to hungry lions. Haman tried it when he built the gallows for Mordecai and orchestrated what he thought was going to be the genocide of God's chosen people. And Herod, vile, ruthless, wicked, depraved, arrogant Herod, tried it when he ordered the death of all male children two years and under. Nebuchadnezzar thought himself great but after seven years of madness he wrote these words mine eyes I lifted up unto heaven and mine understanding returned unto me and I blessed the most high and I praised and honored him that liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Amen. Only hours after wicked Haman completed the construction of 75 foot high gallows. Who needs that 75 foot high gallows? except to try to make a spectacle. God made a spectacle of him. Hours after Haman completed the construction of 75 foot high gallows, it was his neck and not Mordecai's around which the freshly tied noose was being tightened. Then he knew that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And when Herod lifted up his eyes in the torments of hell, he too knew that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men And giveth it to whomsoever he will. And so we see so often here in the confines of time. Man's cruelty seems center stage. But look a little deeper. And on the backdrop of this stage. You will see the deliverance of Almighty God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Saying arise and take the young child and his mother. And flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Financed by the gold. Frankincense and myrrh, Joseph and Mary and little Jesus escaped with their lives to Egypt and were not a part of the slaughter of the innocents that history now records. And so man's arrogance only highlights God's providence. And man's negligence only highlights God's attention. And man's cruelty only highlights God's deliverance. And thank God, man's hatred only highlights God's love. Can I tell you something, my dear friend? It is only the divine providence and power of God and His love for His chosen people and His promises of Genesis 12 and so many others that the state of Israel is still in existence today. The hatred for God's chosen people is on front and center stage today the hatred for those who brought to us the Christ child. God told Abraham, in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was true in that the Jewish people have given us the precious word of God. That was true in the fact that Jesus Christ would come of the tribe of Judah down through the house of David and be born to a virgin named Mary and reared by uh, Joseph. And in fulfillment of those prophecies, God's uh, love is manifested in this little child, this little baby in a manger, God, a man's hatred is seen front and center stage but look beyond that dear friend and you'll see draped over all the events of mankind the love of God the love of God extended to us all God I assure you is carrying out his eternal purposes he has tonight a plan of redemption for all those who will humbly bow alongside the shepherds and wise men of old do you see him in the manger tonight? The baby of Bethlehem. Look closely at the baby. He's not just another baby stuck in a stall somewhere because they didn't have room for him. He is the Lamb of God. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the bright and morning star. He's the Savior. He's the Christ. He's the eternal one. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. He came to Bethlehem the first time. He's coming in the clouds the next time. And after that, he's coming on a white horse. John said, I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war... on his vesture and on his thigh name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in, likeness, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. 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 Man's arrogance, man's hatred, man's cruelty, man's negligence are all part of the Christmas story. But there was a lot more going on that night in Bethlehem that beautiful silent night. Would you bow your heads for a moment?